Robins at the Gate with Sky Sports and Five Lives Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Get £20 in free bets when you join today and bet £10 on any sport. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. New customers only. Minimum first bet of £10 at odds of evens or greater from a UK debit card. For £5 free bets valid for seven days. Full terms at mansionbet.com. 18 plus. Be gamble aware. Welcome along to Robins at the Gate with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Talking to you this morning, fresh off the news last night, that Dean Holden has departed Bristol City as head coach after defeats from Reading, that heavy defeat to Watford and four championship games in a row and a really overall poor run of form, especially since December. We're going to be talking, obviously, about what happened last night. Gregor and I were at the stadium. We literally watched it unfold in front of us. So we'll fill you in on what we saw. We'll look back. We'll look back at the performances. We won't go too much into detail because we're also going to look to the future and what happens next. So good morning, Gregor. I know you got to bed really late last night. So thanks for joining me this morning. We're both a little bit bleary eyed, it's fair to say. But you're sounding sprightly. Um, but it's... <sighs> It's always horrible. I think personally, on a, on a personal level, I absolutely hate it when managers get sacked because I always think, you know, they never wanted that and they've tried their best. But then when you step back and look at the bigger picture, you know, I guess it had been coming because of not just the results, but the performances and what was needed last night. He said it himself. I did a pre-match with him for Sky. He needed that response. And there was so much emphasis on that the last couple of games, getting a response, a turning point, and it simply didn't happen. So do you think it was the right time for Dean Holden to go? Uh, first of all, um, I might I might sound sprightly, but I, but I don't don't feel that way. <laughs> yeah, I was up, up uh, writing about Dean Holden late last night. But yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I just think that that performance sort of said it all, especially after um, after Steve Lansdowne had specifically said he, he really wanted to see a turnaround in form on the Monday night on when he spoke on the radio and he was looking for a, for a response and it just didn't come, did it? It was such a flat performance. First goal was always going to be so crucial and once Reading had scored, they, they weren't looking back. And I mean, when you look at the game in isolation, it, it's got to have been one of Reading's easiest games of the season because they were so dominant. They just looked like they they were going to score more goals on the break, picking off City in the second half. Could have been like three or four by the end, couldn't it? And that's yeah. that's a home game when mm. you're expecting to do better. And then when you factor in that basically that was a job that where the players really had to get something to keep Dean Holden in place, it it just didn't work, did it? And unfortunately, yeah, tenth defeat in the last thirteen championship games. I think they do need to make a change because they are being sucked into a relegation battle by the by the yeah. looks. But I also do feel, I'm sure we'll come on to this, that um Dean Holden was a little bit unlucky given obviously the injury situations, injury situation and also um the contract situation as well. Yeah, it's it's been a difficult time to take your first job as a head coach, that's for sure. I just want to run through. I mean, we've had so many tweets. Our Twitter account is Robins at the Gate. There's been so many tweets um, about Dean. And I've got to say, a lot of them are, um, are pretty positive. So I'll come on to them in just a second. But when you also consider the Watford game, Gregor, this is our first recording since the Watford game. I mean, oh, it was, it was beyond poor, wasn't it? It just when we talk about Dean Holden, because I don't want to just brush over the fact 
before we move on to the circumstances that he was taking charge in. I don't want to just brush over the fact that perhaps he will look back as well and say, okay, I got that wrong. Because when I look at the Cardiff game, two debutants in the centre of midfield, the heart of the team, it's, it's hard to say that that was a good decision, isn't it? And then against Watford, I think he'll say himself, to put young Riley Towler, a teenager, at left back, left wing back, against Ismail Assar, one of the best wingers in the league, he's going to look back at that and think, okay, that was a mistake. But, but of course, then again, who would you put there? Yeah, you, you've got to put someone there. I think they actually probably got to the right decision, unfortunately too late. I thought Jack Hunt playing there looked a little bit more solid last night and obviously that meant you could play Mariapa in a more natural position on the right side of defence. Fortunately, it just took too long to get to that point and yeah, Holden's paid the price. I'm, I mean, just looking at Dean's overall record, it was 41 games. He had 18 wins, 18 losses in all competitions. He came in and he, I thought, I thought he showed really clear vision and mm. he had a uh, an identity that the team was showing. They were set up in that three-five-two. He'd almost sort of re, not not reinvented it, but he'd given it a subtle tweak by playing those two number eights of Jamie Patterson and Andy Vyman behind the front two. And it works really well for the, for the beginning of the season. The problem was then the injuries came and, 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 and then the form dropped off morale dropping with the defeats and it's just snowballed, hasn't it? And there's, I just don't feel that Dean Holden was going to be able to turn it around successfully. And I'm pretty sure that's what the, well, obviously the board has decided that was the case as well. It's hard so, because you, yeah. when you look at the start of the season and he had a near enough, you know, full strength team, he could deliver the results and they were firing and they looked up for it. And and even though they weren't huge wins, you know, fantastic start to the season. We had him on the podcast and everything looked pretty rosy. And those were saying that it was a uh, perhaps a bad appointment. We're eating their words, but then we fast forward to now. And you're right, he's just not been able to get that reaction out of the players at his disposal. Um, I just want to go through just some of the tweets because we've we've had so many. Um, Ricky Hodge said it was inevitable that Dean Holden went, he's a good guy, wish him the best. But if the club want to kick on and reach the Premier League, they need experience. Would love to see how, but I think that's very doubtful. I would take Pearson. He's promotion into the Premier League on his CV. Um, a lot of tweets about the chief exec. Rob said, have no confidence in Mark Ashton finding us an appropriately experienced manager, even the right one. I think he'll go for a young manager again and one where he can retain total control. And Bristol Ollie said, unfortunately for Dean Holden, it was inevitable given recent performances, especially Saturday and last night. No reaction at all from Saturday was the nail in the coffin. Players must shoulder the blame as well. Big decision coming from the board and one they can't afford to get wrong. And, and there's so many more. Thank you for all your tweets. And of course, Twitter's a place for discussion if you want to tweet us, Robin's at the gate. Um, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? Because they went for Dean Holden after what they call a rigorous process, Gregor, that lasted weeks in summer, and all along, for them, the right man supposedly was under their nose. When he was revealed, you know, you and I thought he spoke really well. We know how it's played out. So, you know, Dean Holden leaves Bristol City, and I actually think he will get a job again, perhaps in, in League One or League Two, because I think he's been dealt a really bad hand. But if you're someone looking at Bristol City and they come to you and say, oh, we'd like to interview for this job, do you look at Dean Holden and how it's played out his tenure? Because would you not be thinking if you were considering going for this job, why have they got so many injuries? Why was that head coach not backed in the January transfer window? Because he wasn't. He didn't get a left back in. And also to take that job 
during a global pandemic when things are tricky, anyone coming in must look at everything that happened to Dean Holden and would be a little bit tentative, wouldn't you think? Or is it that, you know, it's a championship job, it's a big job? Yeah, great points. I, mean, I think anyone coming in is going to do their homework, or at least they should do if they're, they're any decent candidate. So you know what you're going to be facing. But there are pros and there are cons. As you, as you say, yeah, the injuries, big problems there, needs to be looking looked into. And and the club have said they're doing that. Steve Lansdowne said the other night, didn't he, that he's asked the questions on that. And they, he admitted, actually, that they haven't got everything right this season. I think um, Mark Ashton has admitted that as well. So they need to make changes there and, and to get that right. And yeah, on the recruitment, the, the board... It was a board decision that they weren't going to spend any more money on a left back. They've got five or six on the books. They, they could get through with those guys. They, they should get get some back over the next few weeks ahead. However, how costly could that be in, in until that point? Because when they're losing at the moment, they're just getting stuck closer and closer to the bottom. So, yeah, you're right. Um, problems. But on the other hand, they've got that plush new training ground that they're going to be moving into in March. That, that will make a difference. They'll have all the academy over there. And then obviously the stadium, the exciting expansion of the sports quarter and, and all of that. So that will all tie in. I think it's somebody coming in has got to see this as, as the possibility of being an absolute dream job over the longer term. But it's, it might be that there's some short-term pain to come. And I guess that leads on to like what, hap- what might happen next. And mm. yeah, as, as the tweets have said... They've got to think very carefully about who they bring in. And I would suspect that one of the main attributes they'll be looking for, as they did in the summer, is a coach who can come in and get the best from the players, of course, but especially develop the younger players because they've said all along that their strategy is to sell and trade players where they need to. And you, basically, you need the players to be playing the best that they can. And they just weren't doing that, unfortunately, at the end of Dean's tenure. Just to give a picture of how it played out last night as well, um, I was a little unsure whether Dean Holden would come out because in summer Lee Johnson came out and did post match, and then I got home and he'd been he'd been sacked. Whereas last <laughs> night, I know it was very bizarre, wasn't it? But last night, um, it became quite clear, sort of twenty twenty five minutes after the final whistle, that something odd was going on because we saw all the players that hadn't played much action being uh, pulled in from their cool down, warm down, whatever you want to call it. I've not seen that happen before. And when that happened, I was like, hmm. And what was also a little bit suspicious is that none of the media guys were around. And one of them mm. did come and apologise for the delay. And then he disappeared back in. And, and then I saw Dean Holden appear on the phone in the dugout. And I heard from a couple of sources that he, he'd definitely gone, um, which is when you broke it, I broke it, and the official statement came a few minutes later. There was some confusion whether Paul Simpson would be taking charge, whether Keith Downing was with him or not. But from the official club's statement, we know those two are taking training. It's it's all, you know, very difficult for for them now to, I guess, G those players up ahead of Barnsley, Gregor. But, I mean, they're going to have to take charge of that game. At the time of recording, it's Wednesday. So they've got three days to prepare. Even if Bristol City appoints someone before Saturday, it's very unlikely they do a Lee Johnson at Sunderland and take charge on the day, isn't it? Um, but when they're, in, when they're in this situation, Paul Simpson and Keith Downing, they've been there all along with Dean Holden. So how do they get a reaction out of the players now? Because let's be honest, and as much as it pains me to say it, there was no reaction last night. And they didn't really look like they were playing for Dean Holden, did they? 
No, they didn't. And I, I'll be honest, I I was a little bit surprised by that. I thought there would be a bit more spirit, a bit more fight shown. I don't know if it's because there's a general lack of confidence across the, the club. I really thought when that first goal went in, they, they just looked absolutely devoid of belief. And yeah, it, it really was one. No leader. Who's the leader? No, yeah. Body, yeah, body language was terrible, wasn't it? Their heads were down, shoulders slumped. And I was a little bit surprised by that because we both know, and we've said it many times, Dean Holden's a lovely guy. And I thought he was brilliant in terms of the way he conducted himself was absolutely first class. He, he never once moaned, did he, about the injuries? Not a single time. And never, ever did he criticise the players in public. And I, I just think that's brilliant. It's real class. Yeah, just to jump yeah. in there, I completely agree with you. And... I am so sure there is so much he could have told us. There is so much he could have said, but he maintained that dignity. Even, you know, now he's left. I, maybe he'll put out a statement through the LMA, but often they don't say a lot, do they? And, and I guess you have to be uh, careful and, and tread carefully to a point because if you want to work again, you don't want to, you don't want to be upsetting too many people. But I've no doubt that when Dean stood before me last night and, you know, I said, but, you know, you haven't got a left back and whatever, he must be inside. Like, yes, I don't have a left back and it's it's really hard. But outwardly, like you say, he never once, you know, was criticising anyone. OK, you want to be careful because you want to keep your job, don't you? Ultimately, he hasn't. But if you're looking at him in the future, you think, well, that's a really classy guy to work with, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. From the fans' perspective, they'll say this is a guy who towed the line and yeah, didn't upset anybody on the board side or the, well, that's or the true. club that, side. That's true, but I must say, and I'm sure you've seen the same, that many fans have come out and said uh, that he, like what we've just said, a really decent guy. And also, I've read a few people say it's one of the first times they felt quite sad about someone going. And... That brings us back to, doesn't it, who is having the bigger impact here? Is it the head coach or is it those above him not giving him the assistance he needs? Well, yes, definitely something to be asked. It's something that was asked of Steve Lansdowne the other night. Again, he backed CEO Mark Ashton, who obviously takes a lot of stick. And and yeah, there's definite questions there because under Mark's remit, then he would cover medical side and transfers, recruitment. I, don't, I think he's made clear a few times that he doesn't actually have the say on transfers. He just really he really can, conducts them and does all the dealings. So, so, so he puts forward players then. So let's say, because we think that some left-backs were put forward in the January window. So the signing off from them, what would come from the owners? Yeah, absolutely. That's my understanding. Yeah, my, my information is that Basically, Mark Ashton suggested three left-backs. It then goes to the board. And Mark Ashton is one of the board members. But John Lansdowne, Steve Lansdowne, Doug Harmon is the, is the fourth member there. I'm not too sure if Graham, um, if Gavin Marshall is still on there. He was the chief financial officer, but he's more Bristol sport. But yeah, those guys then decide. And chiefly, I would suggest that the Lansdowns have, have the say there over basically how much and when they're going to spend money. So yeah, just on Dean, just picking up what you said there, just to tie in, I, I do know that so many of the players w- really did um, regard him very, very highly. We saw that in the summer when he was going to be appointed. They they sort of backed him on social media briefly <laughs> um, when when it came to light that he was going to possibly be the next head coach. And and I and I know that they all do feel um, very strongly about him still. 
just it wasn't translating to anything on the pitch so did it then come down to tactics or what i i just think the end of dean's time in charge was characterized by a little bit too much similarity to the end of lee johnson's time in that when you're not getting results you're kind of tinkering and changing things week to week and i always think that that exacerbates the problem i think Mm. you need to have a clear plan which is what he came into the job with but he lost that plan along the way and it, and that just didn't help things. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, after the break then, uh, we are going to be looking ahead, perhaps considering who could come in the door at Ashton Gate and we'll also look ahead to the next couple of games as well. Robins at the Gate with Michelle Owen. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Yeah, Mansion Bet are our sponsor for the Barnsley game. They've got some odds for you live now on the match for Saturday. Bristol City to win is 13 to 5, and Bristol City win and over 2.5 goals is 9 to 2. If you're feeling optimistic, uh, Mansion Bet's website is the place to find more. Please gamble responsibly. Greg or Barnsley on Saturday, then. We don't even know for sure who's going to be in charge, but um, on a personal level, I do suspect it will be. Paul Simpson with Keith Downing at his side. I mean, are they going to stay for long? If someone new comes in, they might want a, a whole new back staff. And then Bristol City are, are paying off three members of former staff. Yes, yeah, a good point. I wonder if they might find someone who maybe fits with the existing coaching setup and the backroom guys there. So maybe that's a tip on where they're going to look. I mean, someone like Steve Cooper, obviously not Steve Cooper because he's doing a great job at Swansea, but I would I would have thought that's the kind of person they would ideally look for. Someone who's got um, qualifications on the on the coaching side, someone who's done it maybe at some level of the game, maybe maybe even sort of um, international side uh, under uh, youth rank level. But I also think really they need to look for someone with championship experience now. If they're going to look for someone with champion experience, they might have to spend a little bit of money. Um, I think there was some accusations. We don't know what Dean Holden got paid. Some fans said, oh, he was the cheap option. If they're going to go for championship experience, they're going to have to pay a little bit more, aren't they? Because it's, if you look at the recent Bristol City managers, arguably, the, well, Steve Cottrell did, did very well in the end, didn't he? and Lee Johnson, because I was talking to someone about this last night, they said, oh, they've, they've got it wrong a few times. I'm not sure they have. I think Lee Johnson took Bristol City in the right direction for sure, and Steve Cottrell did. But where are you going to find that manager that takes him to the next level? And it's going to cost. It, it is. I would actually argue that Bristol City is one of the hardest jobs in football, honestly, because you are expected to compete with clubs who've got parachute payments oh. and who have basically got a massive financial advantage of around a third extra budget to what Bristol City have. And on top of that, you need results now. You need to to make sure, pilot them away from sort of the danger zone that they're heading towards. You've got to do it all by being very PC and, and getting it all correct with the owners of the club and everything, not, not um, speaking out of turn or anything. Um, and maintaining their their media image, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is normal for most clubs, I suppose. Um, but I just feel that at Bristol City, that you've got a few other things against you. Well, not not necessarily against you, but just things that don't maybe make it as easier as other jobs, such as obviously you've got the Bristol Sport umbrella, um, which can be an advantage. 
But I just wonder if 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 there's um maybe a little bit too much commercial stuff at times. I know that was um a concern of former pre um Bristol City managers in the past. And but all these things have to be taken in, into account. And I suppose to be fair to the club, when you get to the Premier League, all these kind of things only mount up anyway, including the level of scrutiny from journalists, et cetera, like <laughs> yeah. ourselves. And yeah, so you're right. They might have to spend a bit. It's going to be interesting to see if Steve Lansdowne or basically the, the board, how much they really do want promotion. Mm. Sometimes some sort of, I guess, um, out there appointments do work. Sometimes coaches that perhaps here in the UK we haven't heard of do work out. Valerian Ishmael doing a great job at Barnsley, who's yes. Bristol City player on Saturday. Palkovic from last night, the Reading head coach, He's done fantastically well there. Is there a chance that they might go down that route, maybe look for someone from abroad? Yeah, I think there is. There should be because you see how many other clubs have have, have done well on that route. Norwich City as well, with Daniel Farker, obviously Huddersfield with David Wagner. Yeah, I, I think someone like David Wagner might be a very interesting solution. He's been mentioned, he, he? He's been mentioned. Yeah, but he did terribly at Schalke. But then again, yeah. so many coaches have done badly at Schalke. That, that, that doesn't mark him out particularly in any way. So, yeah, I think it's something they will definitely consider. But ultimately, I think they'll go back to, unfortunately, what they decided in the summer in terms of looking for someone to fit into the, the current situation. And, and though I say, unfortunately, I, I do feel in a way I, that they maybe made the right decision actually in some, I, I disagree with a lot of fans who will say this was coming and, and it was a ridiculous appointment from the start. I think that to say that is just, is just to completely disregard the whole COVID-19 situation. And oh, yeah. Forget that, that this is, this is people's livelihoods at risk. This is people's own money being invested. It's a business at, at, at Bristol city as well. And taking all that into account, I've got no problem with the direction the club went last summer. I thought essentially it feels now in hindsight like a little bit of a, a punt, um, or like a bit of a project kind of kind of decision. But but why not? It was a chance that it might have worked out. It, it started very well. So, yeah, no problem. But it hasn't worked out. So they've got to make the change. And now, yeah, big decision whether they stick to that method or, or whether they tweak it and go for someone a bit more experienced. A little bit of worry as well to be start looking over your shoulder because Sheffield Wednesday and 22nd are on 28 points and Bristol City are on 39. I mean, they need to get enough points just to stay in the league now. And what a turnaround from a few weeks ago when we were eyeing up sixth place, potentially. They need to act swiftly, don't they, Gregor? Because uh, Paul Simpson and Keith Downing, are they going to get a reaction? Because Dean Holden was, of course, Lee Johnson's assistant and he did get, enough of a reaction for some decent results to get him the, the permanent job. But they've been there week in, week out from some things that I've heard. I'm not sure it's been the easiest of late and it's not been, you know, with, with the COVID everything, it's not the, the norm, is it? You can't, you can't have those bonding experiences like you would, you know, let's say the team used to socialize. They're not doing that at the moment. They're not able to get to know each other on a very personal level. Are we seeing some of that translate onto the field and whoever comes in is going to have to perhaps address that a little bit because it just seems team morale. You said it earlier, it just seems so low. Yeah, definitely. I I think part of it is, of course, that they've used so many young players and these guys are going to be brittle, aren't they, mentally at the moment, their first 
proper season in the championship. It's such a slog. And especially this season, a slog of slogs. Just um, game after game. And it's not just physically, it's mentally the, the toll as well. So in and out the side for some of them, maybe, yeah, not playing well. And it's a learning experience for some of the, the younger guys. I mean, Towler, Bell, Ora Edwards, all these guys, even Antoine Semenyo, you know, he's like one of the veteran players at 21 now. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, absolutely. It's it's going to be tough for anyone coming in. They're going to have to factor that in. And I think, yeah, we might we might have to be patient and, and, and the club might decide to go with Paul Simpson for a bit longer and, and make a, a permanent appointment in the summer. It, um, some of it, some of it might depend on what happens this weekend. And my tip, um, I actually think Bristol City will win this coming weekend because Barnsley have got a, a bad week ahead of this, haven't they? They're playing, mm. I think they're playing tom- tonight. Um, they've had a, a strong run of games, including playing high-intense games against Chelsea, etc., in the FA Cup. So I think there's a there's a chance they could get a result on the weekend. And who knows, if they were to get another one after that, maybe they just might stick with Paul Simpson, who's got experience. So but you, Paul Simpson's different. leading... Leading the way, you think ahead of Keith Downing, by the way. Yeah, that's that's our understanding. Um, yeah, I've heard the same. But 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 we'll see it. See if it's how it how it actually pans out later yeah. on in the week. Yeah, Barnsley do play tonight at seven forty-five against Blackburn. They are at home, and then it's three o'clock on on Saturday. And then after that, oh, a side you don't want to play when things are tough is Middlesbrough because they are so stubborn. They're a typical Warnock side, and that who's who Bristol City have after Barnsley. I mean, two really difficult games. Gregor could be a new manager's first game in charge because Bristol City can't afford to take weeks over this, can they? It has to be whatever they decide. It has to be quick. It does. You're right. They need they need quick, decisive action. They need plans. Really, they should. I mean, if if, if they're worth their salt, they should have a plan in place already. In terms of, I know many other clubs. As soon as they lose, well, they have like a, a a contingency option there that if they lose their manager, they know exactly who they would be going for. And yeah, hopefully they're executing that. I wouldn't be surprised actually if we do hear news soon. That's what I'd hope. Um, would happen but of course the opposite was the case in the summer so they Mm. certainly can't take another six weeks over it no no but in the summer I mean it wasn't the season I guess but then again the 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 preparation time that took away from Dean Holden as well you also have to consider Um, before we go then Gregor it's a really a hard question but as someone who covers the team every single game home and away who do you think should take charge (sighs) put me on the spot (laughs) You can well, give a couple of names. Yeah, I I would suggest keeping an eye out for Paul Cook, who we knew had a interview last summer. Okay, Although so he had an interview I, last summer. So why would he get it now? He was obviously in the running then. They he got he obviously got far enough for them to discuss face to face with him his ideas, but they obviously decided he wasn't the right fit. I wonder if they might revisit that. I wonder if someone like Ryan Lowe of, of Plymouth, um might might be a, a good fit. I know well, Eddie Howe. Oh well, Eddie Howe is a, is an absolute no brainer. Of course, if he's if he fancies it, then you go with Eddie Howe. Problem is, <laughs> he could easily get a Premier League job, and and I just think he'd rather stay in the top division and than, than take on something something like this. Of course, the only thing is, 
is what we were saying earlier is the ambition of Bristol City is there and they do have everything in place to be successful in the longer term. It's just in football, the, the better you do, the, the more financial rewards you get, the more you can spend. So it's just it's just getting over that, that final hurdle really and getting up to the Premier League and yeah, I'm not, it would be such a difficult job um, for anyone to do. So I'm not too sure whether Howe would fancy it. We'll have to keep our eyes and ears peeled over the next few hours and few days. We recorded this first thing on Wednesday morning, by the way. So if you're listening to this on Saturday morning thinking, what, they've appointed someone, what are they want about that is, that is why. Um, Gregor, thanks as always for your time. And yeah, just on a personal note, I think we both wish Dean Holden all the best. Nothing but uh, a pleasure to deal with. He's been absolutely fantastic with us. And if you were expecting a special guest this week, that was the plan to have Scotty Murray on. But obviously things have unfolded this week. That meant that that isn't possible. Um, but we really hope we do get him on in the future because we want to talk to him all about what he's been doing in the community and the fantastic work he's been doing. Because I know that fans are upset and, and frustrated, rightfully so, with with the club's recent form. But when you look at the bigger picture, Gregor, you know, it's been such a terrible year. It's been a year since fans were at Ashton Gate as well, which adds to the frustrations. But just to finish, maybe on a slightly positive note, in the bigger picture of things, at least we still have football at the moment, right? Absolutely, yeah. And you, you, you're spot on. It, it is tough times for everybody. And yeah, let's, let's not forget that, unfortunately, but hopefully brighter days ahead. Yeah, and I think there's a, a big consensus as well among many fans that they did actually feel quite sorry for, for Dean Holden and the way things panned out. So, right, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week after the Barnsley game and who knows who will be in charge then. Robins at the Gate. Proudly sponsored by Mansion Bet, your favourite place to bet. Always bet on red with Mansion Bet. 18 plus, be gambler aware. Please subscribe and review us wherever you get your podcasts.